I'm going to read in Matthew chapter 16. I'm going to read 13 through 19 and then 21 through 22. And it says this, verse 13 says, When Jesus came into the coast of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, saying, Whom do men say that I, the Son of Man, am? And they said, Some say thou art John the Baptist, some Elias, and other Jeremiah, or one of the prophets. He said unto them, But who, ye, or who say ye that I am? Simon Peter answered and said, Thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. At this time, Peter has had the revelation that he's not just another uh, prophet. He's not just another a good person. He's not just another rabbi. He's not just another person, but he is the Messiah. He is the one that he's been waiting on. He is the one that was promised. He's the one. He No doubt that he's gone to Sunday school and he's been in church services. And he, he was waiting on the Messiah and he's having that revelation that this is he. This is the Messiah. Verse 17, and Jesus answered and said unto him, Blessed are thou, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood not revealed it unto thee, but my Father which is in heaven. And I say also unto thee, Thou art Peter, and upon this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. And I will give unto thee the keys of the kingdom of heaven. Whatsoever thou shalt bind on earth shall be bound in heaven. Whatsoever thou shalt loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. And I want to go down to verse 21, and this is really what I want to focus on. Verse 21 says, And from that time forth began Jesus to show unto his disciples how that he must go into Jerusalem and suffer many things of the elders and chief priests and scribes and be killed and be raised again the third day. Then Peter took him and began to rebuke him, saying, Be it far from thee, Lord, this shall not be unto thee. Simon, who just had this, or Peter, who just had this great revelation that he was the Messiah, who has built his whole life waiting on the Messiah to come, and no doubt has created expectations of what the Messiah would do and what the, the earth would look like when the Messiah came, has just had a revelation also that I must go and die. Jesus told him that I'm going to go to Jerusalem. And as soon as he heard that, Peter knew right then that if you go to Jerusalem, they're going to kill you, Lord. And that goes against every expectation I've created for the Messiah. That goes against everything I've learned, Jesus. So you can't do this. Cannot do this, Jesus. For the next few moments, I want to preach to you from a simple topic, and it's God's promises, my expectations. God's promises, my expectations. Lord, I thank you for this opportunity to come and preach your word. Lord, I pray that you move in this place. It's a Wednesday night here, God, but we're thankful to be here. And we've come because we want to touch heaven. We've come because we have a desire to feel your presence in this place. We want to leave this place changed, God, and we want to lead this place with you leading us. God, I pray that you have your way here and there be nothing that go against you in Jesus' name. Y'all can be seated. Peter was a Jew who was no doubt raised to look for the coming of the Messiah. Like I said, his whole life, I'm sure he went to Sunday school classes and he went to youth classes and he sat in church and he heard, he had the Old Testament so he knew what the Messiah was going to be. He's read all the scriptures about how the Messiah was going to set his kingdom up and how everything was going to look. And just like me, just like all of you, he began to create expectations of how it was going to go. 
I know many times in my life when God's given me a promise or when he's given me a word, I began to create expectations that this is how it'll look like and this is how it'll go and, and this is how it should be by this certain time. And, and maybe after a few months, it'll look like this. No doubt he'd been taught in New 2 Samuel 7, 13, which this is paraphrased where it says the Messiah will build the throne of his kingdom forever. No doubt he knew that. He could probably quote that. And in his mind, if, if God, you're building your kingdom forever, the Messiah is going to come and build his kingdom forever. And if you're going to die, God, that just doesn't seem right for me. A forever kingdom doesn't seem to be one where you die, Lord. And so he began to create these expectations, and you have to have a moment when the, the Jesus has told him, thank you, he, you've had the revelation of who I am, now it's time for me to go to Jerusalem, and I, I know that they're going to kill me. It had to throw a wrench in his plans, and he's just wondering about all this stuff, how it's going to go, because, God, that doesn't look like I expected. No doubt he was raised to know Isaiah 9 and 7, which says, Of the increase of his government and peace shall there be no end. Upon the throne of David and upon his kingdom to order it and establish it with justice or with judgment and justice from henceforth, even forever. God, how is it supposed to be forever? How is it supposed to have no end if you die, Lord? I wish that we could put ourselves in, in Peter's shoes there for a minute. You've created these expectations, you've lived your whole life for the coming of the Messiah. We live in a time where we know the Messiah's came. We, we know the end of the story, but this is a man that in his younger days, the Messiah hasn't came yet. He's getting to live in the days of the Messiah, and he had all these expectations, and now you're saying you're going to die, but the Word says, God, that there will be no end to your kingdom. No doubt he was raised to know Daniel 2.44, which says, And in the days of these things shall the God of heaven set upon a kingdom which shall never be destroyed. Imagine growing up and knowing those things, and then you've had the revelation of who Jesus is, and then he tells you, I've got to go die. But Jesus, you said that your kingdom will never be destroyed. You said that this is what you told me, Lord. This is what your word says. And if I can be honest with you, maybe if, I was, if Peter was a little like me, when things didn't go the way I thought, maybe I had a little bit of doubts. Maybe my faith was beginning to be twisted just a little bit. Maybe I was worried just a little bit. Peter was raised to know these things, and he was called out of his normal life to be one of the lucky ones who walked in the flesh with the Messiah. I know that we're not supposed to be envious of any, but sometimes I become envious because I know that I walk with Jesus, and I know he's leading me, and I know he's guiding me. But sometimes, man, it would have been really, really cool if Jesus in the flesh was walking beside me. And Peter was one of the lucky ones who got to experience that. He saw the man healed at the pool of Bethesda. He, he, he was able to walk on water with the help of the Messiah. I'm talking about things that aren't supposed to happen. He saw the lady with the issue of blood healed after there was no hope. He was there when the Messiah filled the multitudes with not enough food to feed a small family. You know the story, thousands ate off just a little bit of food. He was there. He saw that. He experienced that. He knew that this had to be a God thing because, like I said, it wasn't even enough food to feed the youth group, much less thousands. He was there when the man who was dead for three days was raised back to life. 
He began to see the experiences of just who the Messiah was. He began to see the miracles of his ministry. He began to walk with Jesus and see the things that were happening, and he was a part of it. There was so much that Peter learned about the coming of the Messiah and got to learn so much more from walking with him. He learned it as he was growing up. And then he was one of the lucky ones that walked with the Messiah and learned so much about his ministry that maybe wasn't just in the the book at that time, but he got to experience it firsthand. And it's now in our text where Peter realizes just truly who Jesus is. Peter has learned about the Messiah. Now he's experiencing the Messiah. But the problem is Peter, in his mind, does not expect the Messiah to be killed. Have we ever been there in our lives where the Lord gives us a promise or he gives us a word, but it's not really going the way I thought it would go? I thought it would happen by now, God. And and God, I know that this situation I'm in, it can't be of you, God, because this goes against the expectations that I created when you gave me that promise. After all, he learned he was going to establish his kingdom here and the government would be on his shoulders and there wouldn't be... um, They wouldn't be under Roman rule anymore. That was his expectations, that everything, the bondage that they had, that the things that were going wrong wasn't going to be there anymore because Jesus is going to come, the Messiah is going to come, and it's all going to change. So when Jesus tells him he's about to go to Jerusalem to be killed, just put yourself in his shoes. That had to throw a little bit of a twist in his plans. Because reality of the matter is, if God's ever given you a promise, you began to create expectations about how that promise is going to go and how it's going to look and how it should go in a certain time. And I'm not necessarily saying that's wrong. But Peter was doing the same thing. And so just imagine when he's got these expectations and he's lived through some of the greatest miracles the world has ever seen, that he comes up to him and he says, now, now that you know who I am, now that you've experienced what I can do, now that you've experienced who I am, I have to go to Jerusalem to die. No doubt that's probably all that Peter heard. He probably didn't hear the the end of that where he said, I'm going to raise on the third day. But I'm sure as soon as he heard the words, I'm going to Jerusalem, he stopped every he stopped right there and didn't hear anything else. Because Peter knew if you go to Jerusalem, they're going to kill you. And everything I learned, God, does that mean it's a lie? Because in my mind, in my human logic, when I think if you're dead, then your kingdom's dead. If you're dead, that means there's an end to your kingdom. Peter couldn't see the whole plan of God. He could only see right now. He could only see what was in front of his face. He couldn't see the bigger picture because he had created his own expectations. I want to put this out there. When Jesus said he was was going to go to Jerusalem and be killed, he said he was going to be raised on the third day. And I I believe that I'm sitting in a church tonight where God's promised you something. I believe that God's given you a word. Maybe it was last night. Maybe it was today. Maybe it was a few years ago. But if you don't hear anything else I say tonight, hear me here. If God promised it, it will happen. If God promised it, it will happen. 
You may not be able to create the scenario on how it's going to happen in your mind. And I understand that because I've tried to do that a whole lot. And there's been times where I thank God, I know you've given me this word. And I know you've given me this promise. But reality of the matter, God, that goes against human logic. I cannot think about how you would do this. I cannot see how you're going to do this, God. And it may not make any sense to me, but no matter how you look at it, if he's promised it, it's going to happen. I know somebody sitting in here and you had a promise that your kids are coming home. And it's been a little while since they've come to church, but don't stop praying for your kids. Don't give up on your kids every night, but whatever you normally do, keep praying for them. I'm thankful, and this isn't even in my notes, but my grandparents, both of my my dad and my uncle had strayed away. They have great testimonies, but the thing about it is my grandparents never stopped praying for them, and they've seen their kids come back to the church and be filled with the Holy Ghost. I'm telling you, don't stop praying for your kids. Even if it's been a few years, even if they told you, I'll never go back to church, I don't want anything to do with it. If God's given you a promise, stand firm on his promise. The situation looks bleak. The doctor's order or what the doctor has told me doesn't look real good. The report's not good. You know, I don't know how to look at it. I don't know what to say. The doctors are saying this if God promised it. It's going to happen. Even if you can't see how it's going to happen, it's going to happen. Even if you don't know how it's going to happen and it doesn't seem human lo- logical, it can happen. That's, I think that's one of our biggest problems. So many times we try to use human logic on God. The reality of the matter is there's a lot of things that I don't really understand. How can somebody be dead for three days and come back to life? There's no science that can give you the answer to that. There's nobody how smart they are that can tell you the answer to that. There's so many things throughout the Bible that defy human logic. And the reality of the matter is we've got to get out of our mind and say, God, I don't know how you're going to do it. I don't know what it's going to look like. Here are my expectations, but I'm giving it to you, God, because I believe that you can. Brother Austin, how do you know he's going to do it? 2 Corinthians 1.20 says the promises of God are yes and amen. And I'm going to stand firm on the word of God that if he said it in the word of God, then it's going to happen. I don't know how it's going to happen. I don't know when it's going to happen. I don't even know if it'll happen in my lifetime. But if he said it's going to happen, I'm going to stand firm and know it's going to happen. There's not a single time in the Bible that God made a promise that it didn't come true. And this is why church is so important. Reality of the matter is, you don't really know what everybody walks in here with. You, they, they have a smile on their face, but you don't really know what they're going through. You don't know how their day is. There's been times that I've walked in here in the past few months, and it, just a lot was weighing on me. And just somebody coming up to me and shaking my hand and saying, hey, I'm praying for you. How's your day go? That meant a lot to me. This is why it's so important to be in the church, because we draw strength from one another. It's the expectations of how and when we have to work on. I know if God said it, it's going to happen. But it's the expectations that sometimes get us a little bit faithless. We all have expectations, and I, I hope that every time you walk into a church service, you have expectations. I hope that you expect him to move, but I hope that if he moves outside of your expectations, that you don't just shut it down and say, well, that's not what I was expecting, so... I'm not participating in that. 
We have to align our expectations with God. And we're going to do this through connection, through spending time with him, through reading his word, through talking to him, through fasting. And most of us will say we believe the promises of God are yes and amen, but we get nervous sometimes. If we're going to be real, is that all right? There's been times where God's given me a word, and I went out on faith, and I'm, I'm walking, and I'm saying, God, I don't know how you're going to do it, but you're going to have to do it quickly. Is that all right tonight? Sometimes we get there and we say, God, I, I trust you, but it's not looking real good. Am I the only one? I heard a story of Brother T.F. Tenney. I'm sure some of you know who he is. My, my grandparents were over housekeeping at the Louisiana campground, so I got to spend some summers down there, and I've got to meet Brother Tenney, and I've got to meet some, some, some people down there that had a huge impact on the UPCI. And I can remember a story told one time. He was a young man. I might not tell the story exactly right, but I'm going to get the gist of it mostly. And he, he was probably 22, 23 years old, and he had a promise from God, and he said, you're going to be the pastor of the church you grew up in. So church comes open, he gets ready, and he tries out for the church, and, you know, he's got the promise of God. So, of course, he's got expectations that I'm about to be the pastor of this church. Well, he did not become the pastor of that church he was a young man, and I remember, I think it was his wife telling the story at Bot one year, and she said that he got, he got real down, and he began to say, God, you gave me this promise, and it didn't work out. And he, he remembered him saying, it was like he told him, I've never failed anybody. I'm not going to start with you. Brother Tenney went on a little bit in his life, and he did some things in other areas of ministry that impacted so many people, that did so much, that changed so many lives, that impacted so many different areas. And he did become, later in life, the pastor of that church. But see, the thing is, he, his expectations were, here's my promise, and here's how it's going to go. But God had other plans, even though I've given you this promise, and this is how it's going to go. It might not go the way you think it's going to go. Hebrews 11:13 says, "These all died in faith, not having received the promises, but having seen them afar off, and were persuaded of them and embraced them, and confessed that they were strangers and pilgrims on the earth." So many people in the Old Testament had the promise of the Messiah and knew that the Holy Ghost was going to be poured out, and they had that faith, even though they didn't see it in their lifetime. They held true to that that it will happen eventually. And I, I, wanna, I, I don't want this to sound negative. I mean it as a positive way. There may be things that God's promised you, and you may not see it in your lifetime, but it's going to happen. It's going to happen. You might not see some of those things happen when you thought you were going to see it, but it's going to happen. All the Old Testament prophets and people had promises of God. They all came to pass, but maybe not in the timing they expected. Our biggest issues with God's promises is that we set expectations of how and when. And I know I've said that a few times. And I've had a few promises. God's given me a word. And I got a little impatient. And I started, and I'm like, God, you know, I expected at least this by now. I wish tonight, if you, you could just hear me, that we would begin to align ourselves with God and know that his promises are yes and amen. And I know sometimes, especially as a human, it's hard not to get you know, a little bit nervous in situations. But we must realize God doesn't worry as much about the right now 
as he does the bigger picture of the plans for you. The same thing with Brother Tenney. There were so many things that God intended for him to do before he became a pastor. No doubt that there's probably people still preaching today that had he become the pastor when he thought he was, he may not ever got to preach to them and their lives may have never been changed. So even though you have the promise, there may be things that you walk through, not as a torment to you, but it's building to you, building you or maybe building the people around you. We, as humans, we see the right now. Reality is it's hard for us to see tomorrow. It's hard for us to see the bigger picture. But God has plans for every one of us, and sometimes it takes us to places to prepare us to be who he's called us to be. I mean, Sarah in the Bible, the expectations were that there was no way that she could have a kid at her age. Besides, that's against human logic. But she and Abraham had a promise. It's time we align our expectations with God and trust his timing, trust his promise. Many times our expectations of God's promises causes us to try and to make it happen. Many times, I don't know about anybody else, but I've had a promise or a word from the Lord, and I began to say, well, you know, I thought that this would happen by now, so I'm going to start opening doors myself. I'm going to start at least knocking on the door, if that's all right. I'm going to start twisting the door handles, and maybe if it opens, maybe it's the will of God. I know I have a promise, but I expect it for now, so I've got to make it happen. Look at Sarah and Abraham. Genesis 15, God promises Abraham his hair would come from thine own bowels. Remember, they are old and Sarah haven't conceived to this point. So they did what many of us try to do. We try to do it on our own. We have this promise, but I don't see how it's going to work, so I'll find a way to make it work. I don't really know how it's going to go, so I'm going to put this in motion. It doesn't look like the Lord's putting it in motion, so I'm going to do it for him. So she had her husband and the handmaid, they had a child, and this wasn't the will of God at all. This wasn't supposed to be a part of, this was not a part of the promise of God. Reality of the matter is they created a problem that didn't have to be there. Look at Peter, the man who had the revelation of Jesus, took it upon himself to cut the ear off of the soldier who come to get Jesus. Thankfully for Peter, Jesus made that right. But if he would have not put the ear back on there, no doubt Peter would have died too. There was no evidence that anything happened, so they couldn't really do anything to him. But when he took it upon himself, his life would have ended had Jesus not restored his ear. Peter has the promise of the Messiah. There's no way he's getting, letting him get away now. I've experienced too much of you, God. I've seen too much. There's no way I'm allowing your kingdom to end now. But again created a situation that wasn't part of the promise. We must learn to trust the will of God and allow his timing. A lot of us don't really struggle with the allow the will or trust the will of God part. We trust with the timing part. We trust with, God, I really expected at least this by now. I I thought maybe that I would be here by now or thought you would have done this by now. But we can't continue to make it happen. We have to learn to connect with God and allow him to be in control. As I come to a close, I wish you would stand with me. Peter couldn't understand what Jesus was doing. He couldn't understand the promise that he made unto him. He he couldn't see past what he could see in the moment. 
After all, his promise was that he would live forever. And if somebody's promise is that I'm going to live forever, if you throw death in there, that seems to go against what you promised me. God, if you die, does that mean your kingdom dies? God, if you die, does that mean everything you've promised me also dies? God, if you die, then then the government can't be upon your shoulders. God, if you die, your kingdom dies. God, if you die, that means there's an end to everything that I've experienced over the last few years. Peter had just had the revelation of who Jesus was. I can assure you his expectations was not that Jesus was going to go somewhere that was ready to kill him. His expectations were not that you were going to die. God, everything that I've experienced, there's no way that you're going to Jerusalem to die. His promise, he believed, meant that they would no longer be under the rule and thumb of the Roman government. I'm sure that that's what he was expecting, that that these people would now bow to you, God, that these people would now serve you. They're not going to kill you. He thought that they would be in charge now. I wonder what Peter was thinking, because I know what I would be thinking as he saw Jesus brutally beat and killed and laid in the tomb. If I could be honest with you a little bit tonight, I'm sure Peter, there was times where when he saw him being beat and he saw him being killed and he's on the, uh, he's on the cross and he's coming out and he's putting him in the tomb, I'm sure there was a thought that ran through his mind, God, everything you told me must have been a lie. God, everything you told me must not have been the truth because God, now you're dead. I would imagine he felt that the promise of God was dead too. That there was no more hope because all he had been taught and learned is clearly a lie. The promise happened, but don't let how you expect it to happen and when you expect it to happen to cause fear that it won't happen. I know that there's been times in my life that I knew that it was going to happen But I got a little bit anxious. Maybe I even questioned and said, God, was it even a promise of you or is it just what I wanted? He couldn't see anything more than the now and the work of man. What he didn't know was Jesus was in fact creating a kingdom that had no end. A kingdom built on love and grace so that I may live and live freely. Reality of the matter is, Peter, What you see is me building this kingdom. I know that what you're walking through and what you're experiencing is not what you expected. I I know that you didn't think that you would go through that pain. And I, I know that you didn't think that you would face that situation. But the kingdom that you've been looking for, it's coming. But I must go to the cross. Everything I've promised you, Peter, is yes and amen. But this is necessary because I must die for your sins. The expectations Peter set didn't look like the final product. But my, if Peter was here today, I bet he would tell you he is so thankful it happened God's way and not the way he expected. I bet he'd say he's much more happy with the final product. So as we come to a close tonight, I'm, I'm here to encourage you. God's given you a promise, and maybe tonight that you're a little, you're, you're thinking maybe that really wasn't the word of God. Maybe maybe that was just me wanting it. Maybe that's just what I thought I heard from God. Because after all, I'm going through things I never thought I would face. 
I'm looking at situations that just doesn't seem like it could be a part of the promise. But I'm here to tell you, sometimes, most of the time, the things that we walk through are Jesus setting us up for the promise. A lot of the things that we walk through are necessary for us to become the person that we have to be to walk in the promise. The stress that you feel in those situations doesn't come from God's promise, but it's coming from the fear that we have that it won't happen. The expectations you've set, that's where the fear is coming. I'm not telling you not to have expectations, but when it doesn't go the way you thought, don't allow yourself, the enemy, or anyone else to sneak in and say, see, it wasn't God after all. Because if it was God, you wouldn't be here. You wouldn't be going through that. It wouldn't look like that. Because no doubt Peter didn't think that Jesus was going to die. Because reality of the matter is if I die, that seems like an end. In our mind, death means end. Peter thought the same thing. But in reality, it was just the beginning of his promise. And I can guarantee you tonight, if you'll stay faithful, I bet you too will be happy final product. I bet you too will be thankful. It didn't turn out the way you expected, but it turned out the way God intended. Lord, I love you tonight, God. I I don't know what we typically do on a Wednesday, but I'm just going to open the altars up for a minute. If if you want to come and pray and if you just want to speak to the Lord, if you want to stay at your seat, that's fine too. But I, I want to give you an opportunity to come pray. And I hope you leave this place tonight with faith that says it might not look the way I expected, but God's in control and it's going to look better in the end than I could have ever expected. Walking around these walls I thought by now they fall But you have never failed me yet Waiting for change to come 